I'm Carol Cohn, and welcome to Purpose 360, the podcast that unlocks the power of purpose to ignite business and social impact. Today's conversation is going to truly illuminate the power of focus. Joining me are two representatives from Subaru of America. We're going to talk about how the company takes love as part of their brand and brings it to life in everything that they do. In fact, they say in many places that love means being more than a car company. I'm sure during the holidays that you've seen their wonderful ads they're playing right now. It's the Share the Love event now in its 15th year. Subaru donates $250 um, to someone who will buy or lease a car. And it's that purchaser who decides where does it go? Does it go to the National Parks Foundation? Does it go to the ASPCA, Meals on Wheels, or Make-A-Wish? The company has its fingers crossed that by the end of this Share the Love event that, that ends on January 3rd, 2023, that they will have raised over $250 million for these very, very worthy causes. But the company goes beyond this wonderful Share the Love event. Indeed, their mission is to be a positive force in society and to provide love and respect to all people. They don't have dealers, they have retailers. And they work with their retailers in many, many very special ways to provide love and incredible service, incredible vehicles, incredible and community engagement to bring their love promise to life. Their love promise is what others might call CSR, corporate citizenship or not. Their love promise is truly how they engage in five major ways. And we're going to discuss that with Bridget Hanrahan, Associate Director of Marketing Operations at Subaru, and Shira Haas, Corporate Responsibility Manager at Subaru. We're going to learn about the authenticity of what this organization has done and why both Bridget and Shira just absolutely love their work. So join me. Let's get started in this marvelous conversation. Bridget and Shira, welcome to the show. So great to be here, Carol. Thank you. I can't believe I'm on with uh, the legend Carol Cohn. Oh, you're so sweet. Well, I'm on with the legendary Subaru and the people that truly bring the heart and soul of this company to life. And so um, let's just start out with when you both get to work every day. What are you, you're getting to work to do what? Here you go. Sure. Every day when I come to work, my goal is to make Subaru more than a car company. And I think that that's part of the fact that my job is corporate responsibility manager. So I'm here to uh, work on our philanthropy and volunteerism and our engagement in the city of Camden, as well as impact reporting all of those things. But it's also because that's what all of us here at Subaru are responsible for every day, regardless what department you're in and what tasks you're responsible for. We all pride ourselves in making this company more than a car company. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my name is Bridget Henry and I work in the marketing department. So I work on a pretty big range of uh, different things. So I do product marketing and product launch, 
Um, and then I have some of this great responsibility to decide how are we going to work with some of these major nonprofits and what are the types of things that it makes sense for our brand to work on uh, with them. And so for me, I get to have um, a little bit of the uh, car side of what really drives our economic engine, but then the other side of what does the brand really stand for. So I, I too get to work on uh, more than a car company and how we're going to be that to uh, shoppers and consumers out there. So I, I love my job. I always tell everybody I have the best job in the company. <laughs> That, that, that's amazing. Bridget and I sometimes argue. Bridget and I sometimes argue over who has the best job in the company. <laughs> uh, we're really lucky. Yeah. So where Bridget is working on national partnerships and retailer activations in the philanthropic space, I'm focused on our foundation and our local partners in Camden. And, and so I, I just want to ask the question, what is it like to work for a company that truly lives and breathes its purpose every day and that you have a mission to be a positive force, to have love and respect to all people? So what's it like to be inside an organization like that? I, I for one, think it's a, a wonderful thing. So I've uh, been in the automotive category for almost my entire career. Uh, so I, I, I started here about nine years ago. Uh, and I knew from when I received the sort of welcome packet that this company was different. Uh, and so for the past nine years, I haven't uh, looked back. I think it's been the right decision because it really does permeate the organization. It's from the top down. It's from the bottom up. So for me, I think it's a, a very special uh, organization in the car industry. And what was in that welcome packet that, that all of a sudden <laughs> it got you? Like, wow. I thought it was really awesome that they had uh, paid days of service. So we celebrated MLK Day as uh, uh, time for you to volunteer. Um, uh, in your community or with some of our community partners. And so just things like that at the time seemed really advanced for a car company. I echo Bridget's sentiments that uh, I joined nine years ago and never looked back, but I joined in a very different way. I actually was in the nonprofit space mm. right before this and was working at a partner of Subaru. So I had um, professional colleagues who were here at Subaru and I wanted to take the leap into corporate and I looked around at all of the different brands that I interact with. I happened to own a Subaru at the time and I made a very short list of companies I would be interested or willing to work in and Subaru rose to the top and um, it was amazing. Fate just worked out for me and I had a contact and I said, I want to meet somebody there. And, and he said, don't worry about meeting anybody, just apply to this job. Mm. And I, and I did. And as Bridget said, the rest is history and I've never looked back. So it is, um, we've both had a lot of other, uh, jobs prior to this. And, and I think both of us would say that no other company feels inside the way this company feels. Everything that you mm. see externally really is a part of who we are as a company. So you have incredible alignment, which is, which is great. And so I was reading in, in your materials, you have these six stars 
that you live to. Can you explain them? Because, you know, everybody talks about the North Star and we live to the North Star, but you've gone beyond the North Star. And I think that that's going to give our, our listeners a sense of the culture, because culture truly in a purpose-driven company is very special. I think that the first um, thing to understand about these six stars is that they are not just something that we hang on the wall or put in the impact report. They really are uh, what drives us as employees. We have evolved and we now do uh, three-day welcome training with our employees where they learn about all different parts of the company. And day one, the love promise, I actually present with Bridget and her team about what makes us more than a car company. So these six stars become a piece of your job, a responsibility of your role at Subaru from the first day of training. And the six stars are to make yes be your North Star, to be a shining example for others, provide light in darkness to lead the way, be the star of someone's day, celebrate the entire constellation, and shine brighter every day. And when we talk about those in the orientation, we talk about that being a piece of your job, whether you are engaging with nonprofits, whether you are engaging with customers, whether you are working in accounting, anything you do, those six stars should guide your work every day. Oh, that, that, that's a beautiful thing. When you learned, when both of you learned about the six stars, you know, what, what was your response at the time? We spent these, these years where we were going through really a significant change and we were growing really fast. Um, and, and what we did was we started to put these things down on paper mm. um, and really kind of define what is our brand? What are we about? How do we want to operate? How are we going to treat other people? How are we going to treat the world that we live in? So for me, I really loved it. This, this sort of really speaks to me. Uh, it's part of why I've stayed and, and grown along with this company and, and evolved in, you know, the way I, uh, contribute here. So I, I love it. I think when we look at the six stars and their uh, emergence in the Subaru of America universe, if you will, what's so interesting is is they actually came out about eight years ago. So mm. following Bridget and I starting here, they came out, but we'd already been living and working with those stars guiding every move. So it, as Bridget said, it was really just putting them on paper, but this is already how best Subaru has operated for so many years. Help me and help our listeners to understand which came first, the love promise or share the love event? So the share the love event did come first. So um, it started really 15 years ago. And at the time, uh, the, the company really started thinking about What's happening in December every year at every car company? In normal times, everyone is in sell down mode. They're trying to clear out their old model years to make room for the new. And so they all went to market in the exact same way. I have a sales event, I have a smoking hot deal, <laughs> come down and hot, get yeah. incentivized. <laughs> Cars with big red bows. I'm sure you can you can picture it right now. Right. Uh, and so Subaru chose a much different path, and the path that they went down at the time was 
pretty pretty bold, right? So uh, at the time we had such low market share. Um, Two thirds of Americans did not have an opinion or they weren't aware of Subaru. And so I think that this sales event really had a big impact on us would be because we went to market so differently. And that's really been a something that's worked for us um, uh, over these past 15 years. So the way it works is that for every new vehicle purchased or leased, Subaru donates $250 to a charity of the buyer's choice. Uh, and so we will be up to $250 million mm. to our charities at the end of this year. And so it demonstrates that uh, we care about giving help to those who need it, uh, what Shira was just talking about a moment ago. Um, and it's evolved throughout the years. But we're really proud to be in our 15th year. We're really proud with the, the numbers and the generosity of Subaru and our, and our retailers who are also um, involved in contributing. So very excited about that. So that's what came first. <laughs> okay, so, so thank you. So we'll get into the love promise in a bit. But you have four organizations in Share the Love event that you donate to and you have stuck with them. And you are in two of them. You're the largest donor in the country. I believe it's the SPCA and the National Park Foundation. And then you were the largest automotive donor to Meals on Wheels, which is a great organization, and Make-A-Wish. They're all great. So how did you pick them? And then how did you stick with them? And I'm sure that you had leadership that said, oh, no, let's use this other one and let's dilute it. And so one of the key learnings here is when you find something great and you stick with it, the power of the focus. So how did you pick, again, those partners? Yeah, so these are great questions. So ASPCA and Meals on Wheels have been with us since the very beginning. Mm. So Mm. back to 2008. I think it says something about who we are, that we have stayed uh, consistent in uh, the types of organizations that we value and the work that they do and what we're proud to support. So for ASPCA, uh, we have just an owner base. I think I think Carol Cohn knows that this is an owner base that's always been pretty passionate about animals and animal welfare. Uh, so that one made a lot of sense for Meals on Wheels. It's really a nice intersection of mm. the vehicles and our people and our retailer staff doing good. We've been partnered with Make-A-Wish since about 2011. That one came later on. Uh, and then the most recent one is National Park Foundation. And so we've been partnered with them since 2014. So right before their centennial, uh, their big centennial celebration. Mm, mm. And for that one, that one made an, a lot of sense for us. Our owners were sending us lots of user-generated content about themselves and their cars and visiting parks and into these most beautiful places in America. And so uh, knowing that our owners loved parks, it made a lot of sense for Super of America to show our support for those places too and keep them protected. Yeah. And you t- you talk a lot about, you know, there's various segmentations that car companies do and they go depth and depth and depth. And, but you really focus on what an experience seeker. And and I just saw your ad, by the way, for the Outback Wilderness. Whoa. I mean, that's not even an ad. It's like a it's a a mini doc. It's like over three minutes. And it's like, oh, my God, the off roading is I'm scared. I'm seeing all that up the rocks and down the slopes and in the water. 
But talk about these experience seekers and how you have truly tied to them to create love, true love in a brand. They're so cool. I always say they're the type of people I wish I could hang out with like all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that'd be fun. The way to sort of understand it is that these are people who are passionate about their vehicles because we build capable, adventurous, versatile, Mm. safe, Mm. and vehicles that last a long time. And so if you have that, it enables you to go out and live a bigger, richer, more fulfilling life, right? And so they express that back to us about how they feel about their vehicles and how they feel about the Subaru brand in that word, love. That's that's the origin story, is that the owners told us this. And so we then tell our brand story, the love story, through the lens of our owners. That's where it all started. That's how the love promise came to be. These people, uh, they, there's some common threads to them. Um, they like their, They love their products. They care about the environment. They care about discovery and new adventures and new ideas. They care about the environment. They care about animal welfare. So these are folks that we tell our story through their lens. It's a it's a beautiful thing. It's it's really you don't have to make it up. It's so authentic. And um, you know, you think about all the automotive industry and how everybody wants to have everybody and they want to have love. And there's just you know you can't advertise your way into it now. Speaking of ads, so I want to talk about an ad that I saw recently from you, which broke my heart. I got, I was like almost crying. It was underdogs. And um, it's such a beautiful story of, um, so why don't you tell it? Because uh, it'll make me cry. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) So we uh, just finished our third year of uh, a campaign we call The Underdogs. And we think that this is really special. So we've been obviously out there supporting ASPCA and animal welfare and doing countless adoption events to clear out animal shelters. We've been doing that since 2008. But recently, uh, over the past couple of years, we started to learn new information. And that was that there's uh, animals that are easy to adopt and there's animals that are difficult to adopt. And so these are animals who are um, older animals who have some kind of limitation, maybe it's they're deaf, maybe they have three legs, or they're blind. And so we really wanted to shine a light on these harder to adopt animals. And so you got to give it up to our ad agency, they called them the underdogs. And so what we do is we shine a light on these animals that we want to help get uh, adopted out of the shelter to make a great um, companion. Uh, And so we've been doing that for three years. Our retailers join us in this. They host adoption events, um, typically all October long. Uh, And so pretty soon here, we'll have all the reporting back from all of the different animal shelters that we worked with. And we'll be able to tell you what that total number is of all the animals we we helped get adopted out and specifically how many underdogs we, we helped get adopted out. Yeah. Yeah. And again, to our, to our listeners, it's like when you go deeper and you stay focused 
and then you found the underdogs, you know, the dogs that, you know, they need a little, you know, the kind of the wheels in the back yeah. because their back legs don't work, but they're so adorable. So adorable. And, yeah. And so great family pets. Yeah. yeah. So let's now turn to the love promise. You've got the five pillars. And, and as well, I want you to talk about your hometown of Camden because Camden's a very special city and you've shown a lot of love to Camden. Subaru knows that anyone can face a tough road in this life. And so it's why we think about the things that our owners care about most. And so we do these actions through our love promise. So here's how to describe it. It's our vision to show love and respect to all people at every interaction they have with Subaru. So together with our retailers, we're dedicated to making the world a better place. And so for that, we have five pillars. And these pillars are based on, again, what our owners care about. The first one is Subaru loves the earth. And so we act sustainably today to make sure that this, this uh, community that we live in thrives tomorrow. So we've got a lot of things that we do under that pillar. The next pillar is Subaru loves to care. So this one really speaks to health and wellness and the medical space. And we like to say, you know, if people are facing an illness, showing that support can make a big difference. So can we accomplish everything? Are we here to do the moonshot? No, but we are here to show up and show support. For Subaru loves to help. This is a pillar where um, there's so many activities happening between our retailers and the community that they live in. And this really captures it all that helping others is the key to a strong community. You need a strong community if you're... Um, especially if you're a, a car retailer. Uh, so these are the types of things, you know, that would live on that, that space. The next one is Subaru Loves Pets, which we've talked about. They provide love and companionship to millions of people. And there are just a millions and millions of companion animals entering into the shelters. Uh, and we believe at Subaru, and we have for many years that all pets deserve to find a loving home. and. Then we have Subaru Loves Learning. We believe a good education can lead to um, a better life. And so we support um, causes and initiatives in that area. And then, of course, the last one we've already talked about is the Subaru Share the Love event. So this is very much um, a way we bring our love promise forward is through our year-end sales event. Bridget really took us through the love promise pillars. And they present themselves, as Bridget said, as our way to give back to the community, both um, to, through our retailer partners, which is what Subaru calls our dealerships, but also in everything we do. So I work with our employees across the country and here locally at our headquarters to bring those activations or those pillar areas to life. So every every partnership we build locally is also focused on delivering on each of the Love Promise pillars. So each of the pillars that Bridget described is tied to a specific time of year or a specific month. And during that time of year, we create volunteer activities, again, locally here in Camden and for our uh, offices all across the country to help um, get our 
get our employees engaged and also to just further our ability to give back. So we have really had some exciting partnerships in this space. You know, examples are Love's Learning. Right now, our national partner is adoptaclassroom.org. And Mm. we worked with Adopt a Classroom and the Camden School District to adopt um, hundreds and hundreds of students in the Camden School District and adopt Mm. their classrooms to help them purchase much needed supplies. And for for pets, Bridget just talked about underdogs. We work with uh, the big shelter in the Camden area and throw a big Camden Make a Dog's Day event where (laughs) hundreds of dogs are coming and getting taken care of and our employees get a chance to come out and we offer free vaccines. So for each of those pillars, we are really creating an activation to give back in the community. Just Thursday of last week at the launch of our Share the Love event, we had our largest ever employee volunteer event. We had representatives all around the country Mm. working on four different projects. And for each of those projects, we partnered them with local organizations in their local communities to give the deliverables to. So it's been a great way for us to take what's happening outside of these walls Mm -hmm. and really bring it inside for our employees and also for the community of Camden, which is the um, second poorest city in New Jersey. But we always joke that we drink the Camden Kool-Aid. It's <laughs> such a special city full of so much passion and life. And to be able to partner with community members and and elected officials and other companies in Camden has been a truly remarkable experience. And and you so you've taken you have this focus. You have love means being more than a car company, your your overarching umbrella. Then you have the love promise. Then you have share the love event. And then you bring it right down locally because you have what I saw 1,500, 1,700 local charities that fall under these five focus areas. There's a very thoughtful way that they're all tied together, um, but you get it very, very local. And, And I love the fact the way you have you don't call dealers which is kind of a funny name. You call them retailers, and I'm, and I'm sure there's a story behind that. Why do you call your partners in the local market your retailers? Carol, I think you spoke to that, right? Dealer is kind of a, um, it's not what we want our people to be. So Bridget can speak to that, but it is our goal to really make sure that that our frontline mm. representatives of the Subaru brand are are also showing that we are more than a car company. Yeah, I I think that's a great point. So I I think that there is a difference, Carol, between Mm -hmm. a car dealer and a car retailer. I I think a a car dealer might not be your partner. Uh, We would like our retailers uh, to be delivering on high levels of customer service. They're going to make your life better. They're going to help reduce your anxieties and they're going to help inform you and they're going to be your partner and you're going to trust a car retailer. They're also going to do terrific things in their community to make sure that they have a healthy community. Uh, so I think that there's there's um, a difference there. Do any of those things come to mind? When I say car dealer, no. No. So for us, I mean, we just aspire to be something, something bigger, something greater. I also think it's more than an aspiration. I think that departments all across this company are creating tools to help 
change dealers to retailers. And we aren't perfect of our, you know, 630 plus network. Is every single one of them a retailer? Probably not yet. It's a lot of work. As you know, we've had a a decades long commitment to trying to get there, but it is, it is our goal to bring every single one of them with us. And I think that the buy-in we've seen, the retailers in the community that have really latched on to being more than a car company, we're in awe. I mean, the, the <laughs> things that are happening out there with some of our retailers, you look at them and you say, oh my God, you came up, you did this on your own. That's great. That's right. So it's so, pretty remarkable. I'm going to put you both on the spot. I'd love for you to tell a story, one of your favorite stories that shows the love in action. It can be a retailer, it can be a local charitable partner, it could be a colleague that you did something to. But I just love, you know, I want to hear about this this love personified. Sure. Uh, this is the huge part. I, I, how much time do you have? Because oh, I, go, I think go I go for it. <laughs> I um, we've got just stories upon stories. In fact, we recognize the most compelling yeah. stories every single month. Uh, we announce a winner. Uh, we have two winners and three runners up. Uh, every month, our retailers submit to us hundreds and hundreds of the ways in which they have given back. And we announce those winners um, in our CEO's monthly letter mm. and we put it on Subaru.com. So if anyone is interested, any of your listeners are interested, you can go back for and look at years and years of what we found to be some of the most compelling, most incredible contributions um, from our dealer and retailer network. It's, it's really something unbelievable. So one retailer, um, is out of our Chicago market has become so passionate about animal welfare. It has absolutely changed their life. It's changed how the dealership operates, how they function. It's changed their employee satisfaction. Mm. So it all started with um, a partnership between Brilliant Subaru and Anderson Humane Society. And this retailer started uh, doing rescue rides from the deep south mm. um, where, where dogs are chattel uh, and bringing them back up to, um, to states like Illinois to help these animals get adopted. Really, what I, what I want to tell you is that it has changed everything. So a typical car dealer has a parts delivery truck. And they run around and they go to this collision center and they drop off this bumper and they run around and they go to this collision center and they drop off this headlight. They took their parts delivery truck and it has been permanently converted (laughs) uh, into a truck to go do rescue rides down to the deep south to go bring these animals back to Illinois. There's other things that retailers do. You, you wouldn't you wouldn't publicize it in any way, but it just speaks to the type of people that they are. And it gives me such a sense of pride to work with this organization um, because these are very generous, very philanthropic uh, individuals. And so I'm not going to re- reveal what dealer it was because it's a little bit too personal. Mm. But this person um, 
was sort of a couple of degrees connected to somebody who was injured um, in a shooting. Mm. Uh, and their heart was just basically ripped apart, but they were so emotional about this and that they called all of these surgeons to make this thing for this uninsured person happen and make sure that they were going to cover the costs and, and, and sign for it. So there's, there's just like different things like that that fills me with a sense of pride that I get to be associated with this brand. We have a lot of stories, and I think um, I will interject with a story that's just a little different because there's so much, as Bridget mentioned, that we talk about in terms of our community engagement and the amazing work that Subaru and our retailers are doing around the country. But I think that what is often less uh, considered is what our own employees are doing outside of those public pieces. So an example that really has been amazing to watch is that we have some product that would need to be crushed based on um, based on some production reasons. We we had some product that needed to be crushed and I didn't even know it existed. I didn't even know what was going on. And people who worked in distribution called me on the phone and said, it feels like this is wrong. Mm. It feels like we shouldn't be doing this. Can we figure out something else to do? And so from that random call, we have built a program that has impacted hundreds Mm. of first responders and hundreds of thousands of individuals. And so it's an example of really how much the love promise permeates our culture that everybody is looking for how to do right first. Mm, Maybe it's more work. Mm -hmm. Maybe it involves a lot more emails or takes more time. But everybody at Subaru is focused on doing good first. I I love that story. And I love it when you are so deeply and authentically embedded in the purpose within the company. Um, One of our clients is Whirlpool, and they had something similar happen. They they had these dented refrigerators, and they were going to get crushed, to your point. And one of the employees said, why don't we take these to places like shelters and fill them with food? And they're called feel-good fridges. And, you know, when it bubbles up, you have the authenticity and it bubbles up from the base. And then it just is just doing the right thing, which which unleashes the, the, the potential, the creativity of employees that, you know, they just want to continue to give more and more and more. And I think one of the things that's so interesting about the example I gave and likely the Whirlpool example you gave as well is the idea isn't let's do this thing because it'll be a good press opportunity or because, you know, we can talk about it. It's really because we want to do the right thing. And and it might cost us a little more money or it might take a little more time. But at the end of the day, it all is furthering the mission of Subaru to be more than a car company. And it really, ultimately, when you bundle it all together, is what makes us different because it's so authentic, because it's at every piece of our company. It's just beautiful. I'm curious about, obviously you work with a lot of um, local charities. Have you had other corporates who have said, I would love to amplify something that you're doing because it's so terrific? I'm just curious that you must get those. The question is, what do you do with them? And is there one that has come to fruition that you say, hey, it's been a great partnership? 
I think um, a partnership that that my team has that happened in a pretty nice and and organic and authentic way is probably our relationship with REI Co-op. We met them through both being partnered with the National Park Foundation, and I think that we share a lot of the same values, um, certainly around who we were partnered with on the environmental side. Um, and so we've been in a partnership with them for many years, um, and that continues to be going strong. And I can add in, if it's okay, Carol, just another example on a much more micro level, maybe for a company that from somebody that might be listening that doesn't have the ability to create a national partnership with REI. Here in Camden, we actually created a partnership with all of the other what we call anchor institutions here in Camden. So um, we have a number of really great national companies headquartered in Camden, one being Campbell Soup Company um, and a few other really great the, the local sports teams and otherwise who have offices in Camden. And I really was able to bring together a group of corporate leaders to say, we all want to do good in this community. How can we make sure that we're doing the most good? So mm. we've created a corporate impact group where we are not vying for, again, this is not about which company can do more, be in the local paper. We're all all thinking about what we can do together to give back to the mm. community. And so on a much micro, more micro scale, there are ways, even if you are a smaller company, that you can create more good by partnering. Oh, that's that's wonderful. That's, that's really wise. Um, I've got a few lightning questions for, for cool. both of you. These, these are easy. So um, we've got lots of young people and we've got lots of CSR and purpose professionals listening to this. So what resources such as news outlets, podcasts, books, do you turn to for inspiration and information? There's this email that comes out called Cone on Purpose. You might have heard of it, <laughs> but I, I like that sweet, one a lot. Sweet. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> You didn't have to do that, but thank you. Okay. <laughs> but any books or any uh, podcasts or things like that that you listen to? I try to read and consume now anything that I can and find on the topic of topic of purpose or social impact. I follow um, Cone on Purpose, of course. I also follow uh, Engage for Good, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's It's now emerging... Uh, as a business degree, which again, this is so wild that this stuff, stuff didn't exist uh, <laughs> I I think when we got started in this space. Uh, the last thing I read was uh, Deep Purpose, The Heart and Soul of High Performance Companies by Ranjay Gulati. Mm. I thought that was a great book. Mm. It's been a couple months though, so mm-hmm. please don't ask me to write uh, anything. <laughs> um, and I'll chime in. So one of the areas that uh, Bridget and I didn't really speak to earlier, but something that also uh, diverges between what she works on and what I work on is I do a lot of impact report work and impact mm-hmm. reporting. And so an area that I've been consuming information about like MAD is really like the ESG space and how ESG plays with corporate responsibility and corporate purpose. So I've been, you know, everything from, you know, the Harvard Law School Forum on Governance mm-hmm. to like Bridget mentioned, Deloitte, McKinsey and um, KPMG all put out regular newsletters and white papers. And um, so I think that those are areas that have been really important to learn about. Some industry groups, a, a great piece of advice is to join 
industry groups and partner with other people who are learning this field. Even if you are getting a degree, mm-hmm. there is so much you, oh, yeah, you don't lot. know until you get in the space. And I was lucky enough to have hands-on nonprofit experience prior to coming in. But one of my favorite uh, blogs, and I don't know if you guys have the chance to read it, is Nonprofit AF. No, um, new one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the author is uh, a nonprofit practitioner out of San Francisco, and he really spends a lot of time helping to ground funders and to help focus a little more on trust-based philanthropy and the power dynamic between grantors and grantees. And I think that that's a really, really important space that anybody who's looking to give back really needs to keep in mind. Ah, the power dynamic between grantors and grantees. That's a whole nother show and we'll do that down down the road. So as we're unfortunately coming down to the bottom of this this wonderful conversation, I wanted to ask you what two or three insights, and both of you could have them, um, two professionals, if, if one, if they're not lucky enough and fortunate enough to have a company with love at the center, um, but they know that there's some gems of great values and a desire to really d- uncover their purpose and really make it work from the center out. So what sort of advice do you have for them? So we're really fortunate to work at a company where our president and CEO is ver- and a very inspired guy and he is top down. So we've already got the wind at our back, right? Mm. But um, some advice that I would give, and and it's something, please, I've learned the hard way, um, is you you really have to know when you're walking into a room with an agenda, who are you trying to persuade? What are you trying to persuade them to do? What are the hot topics that are on their mind that they're worried about? These are probably people with big roles uh, and big decision-making authority. What are you trying to overcome? So I personally have had my own failures that I learned some of these things the hard way where I didn't spend enough time Mm -hmm. thinking this stuff through before I walked into the room. And so um, it's going to be really easy if for them to say no, if you kind of don't do that hard work. Mm -hmm. Um, And you also have to get some support because in some of these instances, you really want to ask, leaders of your organization, what what do you want people to remember you for when you're mm. gone? Mm-hmm. How are you going to, how are they going to describe your impact here? What, these are big, mm-hmm. big questions. And so um, come ready, come knowing what you're, you're, you're trying to persuade them to do. I would add to that, to Bridget's point also, don't get discouraged there are three different projects that I am about to bring to life that I started pitching three years ago when I came into this role. And in the beginning, I felt defeated when people didn't take them up right away. But I think it's been really valuable to put those in my back pocket, keep adding to the story, just like um, Bridget had mentioned. And then the other piece that I would say has been really valuable is Don't feel like you only need to be in a a corporate responsibility or a Mm. cause marketing role to make these impacts because 
I, I came into this role three years ago. I, prior to this role, was working in a parts and service role in this company, and I was <laughs> able to do just as much. We created a, a recycling program in the back of the business. So mm-hmm. don't feel like, like you can take this, this corporate purpose work into any part of the business to create an impact. That's brilliant. That's that's brilliant. So I always love to give my the last word to you. And there's two incredibly articulate, passionate people here who love their work. So um, last words are over to both of you. My last word, well, I must say, I feel like I'm pinching myself that I'm here <laughs> talking to you. That This has been like, I don't, I hate the phrase bucket list, but I I guess that's what it is because uh, I followed you for years. So this is an absolute thrill. Um, I suppose my final thought would be, thank you. I believe in progress, not in perfection. This is something that I talk about a lot with my team. Ashira talked about, keep trying, keep making progress. Keep trying to push it forward. You're not going to get it always on the first try. And you might not always get it exactly right. Uh, But just keep trying to do better. So as she pointed out, some of our our best ideas uh, and our most impactful ideas, they're coming from all over the organization because that's the organization Tom Dahl has has really built. Um, But if you're not going to get it right every time, that's okay. But this is how I spend my money. This is how I choose where I spend my brand. Um, my, these are the brands that I purchased from. They're trying. They're trying to make this world better. So that would be my that would be my parting parting advice for your listeners. Okay. And Shira, if I could put in one one last word, it would really be to work somewhere that you feel supported and nurtured. Mm. Every it, it's still work. Every day, it's not perfect. There are times where I pitch something and it doesn't get any bites and I feel heartbroken and I go home forlorn. But by and large, I think that working at a company where you know that the people you work with have the same goals as you, that your leadership team is trying to make a difference, that really is the most important thing. I just want to thank you um, because, uh, Subaru, I have been trying to get you on the show for the longest time. So it's on my bucket list, too. So it's a mutual adoration society. Thank you both. It's been a wonderful conversation. And, um, you know, love means being more than a car company is absolutely lived in your culture and your ethos. And congratulations. Um, it, it's just it's a wonderful, true story. So thank you. It's been a pleasure, Carol, and thanks for bringing purpose to so many companies and so many consumers and customers. Well, I could, can't do it without it's, it's our entire industry now. So having amazing professionals like you doing amazing work is truly, we bring it to life. And we, you know, those anti-wokers and, you know, the, the people that don't believe it, believe it, because this is the way companies should be run. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks. This was a blast. This podcast was brought to you by some amazing people, and I'd love to thank them. Ann Hundertmark and Kristen Kenny at Carol Cohn on Purpose, Pete Wright and Andy Nelson 
our crack production team at True Story FM, and you, our listener. You know, we love hearing from you, so please give us feedback. Let us know names of people you'd like to hear on a future episode. How about some new questions to ask? And also, please rate and rank us, because we really want to be as high as possible as one of the top business podcasts available so that we can continue exploring together the importance and the activation of authentic purpose. We all know every company, every brand, every not-for-profit must define their purpose, refine it, and activate it, and evolve it over time so it has the greatest impact on business, growth, and society. And by listening to these episodes and sharing them with your colleagues and talking about them, I want to inspire you to have an amazing answer to this question. What is the power of your purpose? Thanks so much for listening.